Hello, stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek. For those of you who are just joining me, well, welcome. I'm glad that you found my podcast. What I usually do with 7th House Astrology is that I take either an aspect, a planet, or a house. I kind of investigate it a little bit more under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, and then I endeavor to answer the question of what makes relationships tick at the end of the episode, or there are also times where I just kind of recap as to what we have learned and what we can take into relationships when it comes to the Sinistry Astrology gaze and the lens. And for those of you who are not familiar with Sinistry Astrology, it's also known as Relationship Astrology within uh within the whole realm of astrology. And uh, really, if you've also heard about composite charts, that also comes part and parcel with Sinistry Astrology. For those of you who are still joining me, well, welcome still. I believe this is our 22nd episode now. And to be quite frank with you, it was just like yesterday that I remembered recording my my very, very first episode of what is Sinistry Astrology and why why it's important. And uh, it's just been, it's just amazing that it's now 20, I think it's like 21 to 22 episodes now, which is always awesome. But I am so glad that I am providing a source of not only entertainment, but also inspiration, as well as information to you with my podcast. So Stargazers, for today, I'm actually, so I mean, with the lineup as what has been following in the last couple of weeks, normally I've usually done like house, planet, and then a particular subject that I usually like to endeavor within the week. I'm kind of following the house, planet, house, planet sort of scenario right now. And I actually just start to notice that with the houses, we are actually almost done with investigating all the archetypes of each house. We're, we're almost, we're almost there. We just have two more houses to go. So for today, I decided to take a look at one particular house that, well, as, as I was kind of researching throughout the week, I felt a little bad that I didn't encompass it with the nuts and bolts episodes and the nuts and bolts houses that I had covered previously. Um, however, it's kind of an in-between house between nuts and bolts and icebreakers. You know, it's kind of kind of like the second house or the fourth house or the third house or the ninth house in the regard that there are things that need to be worked on, but then it's also kind of like the eighth house and the twelfth house where there's certain things that arise that cannot be, that a relationship cannot live or thrive without. And particularly when it comes down to the tenth house, one of those situations happens to arise with a typical dating question, which is, are you married? Do you have kids? And are you gainfully employed? Now let's hold on to that thought of gainful employment for just a minute, because I know that's like one of the most important and key crucial elements 
in that question. And that's what makes the question kind of loaded and very much an icebreaker in and of itself. But when we look at the 10th house, some of the general associations, so when I first learned astrology, the first general association that my astrology teacher had imparted to me was, this is the house of careers. Full stop, full period, and a sentence. And a lot of astrology textbooks, um, the one particular textbook that I was looking at at that time was by Joanna Martine Woolfolk, who I still cite to this day. I think her book um, is very insightful and very helpful. But I remembered when I looked at The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need, that's the title of her book, I remembered, again, I was looking up the 10th house away from my teacher and same thing. This is a house of careers and a story. So sometimes when it comes down to having a full stop of that nature, it can kind of get a little bit dicey, so to speak, when it comes down to interpretations. So one, one thing I just want to impart when it comes to the 10th house um, this week is when it comes down to careers, um, it's not necessarily what you'll do due to the sign as well as the planets that are in that rule and that are in the 10th house. So for instance, it's not, a, it's not as simple as, oh, if your 10th house is in Libra, you're going to become a judge or, oh, if your 10th house is in Aries, well, you're going to become a really great salesperson. It's really not that simple. And really, I don't think that that's the whole objective of astrology is to box you in into a particular set of norms. I think when it comes to career, it, it, you know, as I studied astrology throughout these years, and as I've also kind of learned with synastry astrology, sometimes I think that the real bent of the 10th house is really how we approach careers and how that's informative within our life. So um, to take two examples, one was accidentally an example from my chart, <clears throat> my chart. So um, there's the example of Taurus versus Gemini. So if somebody has, you know, their 10th house in Taurus, what would be more keen when it comes down to careers is that this would be a person who, when looking for work and when looking for jobs, would be more inclined to think about not disappointing the family. And furthermore, really, it, because Taurus is very stable when it comes down to money and, and also very stable and also steady when it comes down to a lifestyle, somebody with a 10th house in Taurus would want something that is predictable, you know, a job or career that has some sort of predictability, you know, like um, a job that might be in an office setting where the the norms and the expectations are set for you every day. There isn't too much of a variation. If there is a little bit of a variation, it's a little bit of a variation, but not too much of a variation, knowing that Taurus does not like change. And furthermore, this would be somebody who would be really very well comforted in the regard of getting a paycheck biweekly from the payroll department 
from an, an established source. So somebody, you know, basically um, the employer is using like ADP or they're using paychecks or they're using some other really great backed backing when it comes to payroll. And, you know, it's just, it just kind of moves on predictably. This is versus someone who has like a 10th house in Gemini where with Gemini, Gemini's like to think a little bit more. They like to think freely. They like to explore new things, like to explore new subjects. So, you know, when it comes down to careers, this would be somebody who would not mind the expectations kind of having a little bit of wiggle room. So this would be somebody who would be great for working for an artist or a creative type or sometimes even like a startup company. With startup companies, your expectations kind of fluctuate and maneuver and you get a lot of wiggle room because you have to you know, invest a little extra in yourself to make the, the company thrive a little bit. Also with Gemini, uh, they would really they would really thrive in an environment where, again, they can learn something new or they can learn something extra from those varying expectations. So again, it's not so, the, the job expectations are not so set. There's a little bit of flexibility and maneuverability. And, you know, I would also say when it comes down to the employer, I wouldn't be surprised if this person feels comfortable with, like I said, a creative type who it's like, gee, I don't know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we'll just make this work somehow. You know, so some, so somebody who has a Gemini in the 10th house would be a little more comfortable with a little bit of the haphazard. I would also say, too, this would be somebody who would be comfortable with a flexible schedule as opposed to a set schedule, you know, so that um, it, it just kind of adds a little bit of variety in their life. Also, the flexible schedule could add a little bit of wiggle room for their own personal lives as well, too, you know, as opposed to, as I said, with the Taurus example, where where um, <clears throat> if uh, if a Gemini were to follow the Taurus, if, if a 10th house Gemini were to follow 10th house Taurus's expectations, they'd probably grow very bored and very stifled with the typical nine to five hours and um, typical lunch break at noon or typical lunch break at certain times or all these certain you know, factors that come into play when it comes into the workforce. So again, with Gemini, just being a little bit more flexible uh, when it comes to the 10th house. So again, with careers, it, it's more along the lines of what do we look for uh, when it comes down to jobs and what are our expectations? What make, make what makes us feel comfortable when it comes to work? Rachel Stewart Haas also adds that the 10th house can represent fame and power. And she's not the first one to state this. Um, as we'll kind of see a little bit later with the sinistry portion of this episode, she is one who echoes this line that the 10th house is very much like the first house in regard to what we put out in the world. I also think that Unlike where the first house is really all about showing who we are as ourselves, 
the 10th house being linked to careers and linked to jobs is how much power or how much status we convey when it comes to how we present ourselves to society, how we present ourselves to the world. Do we convey that we are CEOs? Do we convey that we are artists? Do we convey that we're successful artists? Do we convey that we're just artists? Do we convey that maybe we have a little bit of work to do when it comes to establishing our reputation, our status, our fame, and our power? Or do we just, do we know what we want when we want it and how we want it when we kind of hit that mark? Those are all kind of really symbolized within the 10th house. And again, it's really what we feel comfortable with. Um, again, to take the two above examples, you know, somebody who has a 10th house in Taurus would want to convey that they're very bourgeois, maybe a little bit above bourgeois in the regard that they're able to earn their keep and they're able to earn a good solid house perchance. Also some, you know, nice clothes or nice jewelry or just really nice, you know, just nice furnishings for their house and just to really present themselves in the best way possible. I mean, they don't have to be like CEOs exactly. They could, you know, live with being bourgeois, um, you know, or kind of like up the bourgeoisie and still be rather content. This is as opposed to the ruler of the 10th house Capricorn, where, you know, with Capricorn, they would probably want to be presented as being a little bit like really, a, really a, very much a cut above from being bourgeois. They would want to present themselves as kind of being close to that CEO or that exec or that that really great, successful business person. And so that, you know, they would want to invest more money into clothes and make sure that they have the nice, right tailored clothing to fit the part. Um, they'd want to make sure that they have the highest stylish cars. They'd want to make sure that, you know, everything that conveys that they're working hard and that they're on top of their life is conveyed in their life. And again, this is all about how we appear in society. It's not really a value judgment of what's really right, what's really wrong. It's just everyone's 10th house kind of expresses itself a bit differently when it comes to presenting our fame and our power uh, when it comes to the outside world. Rachel Stewart-Haas also mentions that authority figures like your boss, she even mentions, or your mom, which for me kind of gives a little bit of a debate. But, you know, usually authority figures like your boss or your mom are kind of represented within the 10th house. I actually argue that as opposed to your mom, usually I agree with Heather Ariel that 10th house usually rules your relationships with your dad or anyone who holds a patriarchal sort of position in your life. Um I think I'd mentioned this with Venus retrograde at some point that Capricorn not only rules the patriarchy, 
and usually it's patriarchy, how pa- how patriarchal forces kind of create order to subdue the chaos. But these are also themes in the 10th house as well. You know, since the 10th house is ruled by Capricorn, these are themes that also still follow us within the 10th house as well. And usually it's how well we get along with our dads or anyone who are anyone who happens to be very patriarchal and how we view that within our lives. Also, the authority figures, kind of like with career, it's kind of like um, the individuals who you feel comfortable with when it comes to jobs um, and you feel comfortable with working with. So like say that your 10th house is an Aries, you would feel more comfortable with somebody who in a standard typical, you know, kind of like within a standard typical sales environment or retail environment, there's always somebody who is checking the numbers and making goals based off of the current numbers and making benchmarks for everybody. For someone who has a 10th house in Aries, that would be very comforting. You know, that would give that person a sense of stability in the working place because with Aries, that person would be prone to being driven in a particular job in an area where they feel interested in. And in order to be driven, sometimes, yes, you do need those goals or yes, you do need somebody who can back, can kind of back up your ambition as well too. Like I said, by either checking the numbers or making benchmarks for everybody, like kind of making small little goals that everyone can meet. This is as opposed to Leo, um, Leo in the workplace. So somebody who has 10th house in Leo in the workplace, they would expect somebody who has a firm grasp of leadership, but also very fair grasp of leadership as well. Um, it's usually the kind of the double-edged sword of Leo. It's not just about ruling and ruling with an iron fist. Um, with Leo, it's always about ruling and ruling um, with the heart or being heart-centered. So really looking for a boss who not only can rule and take charge, but also I think somebody with a 10th house in Leo would be comfortable with a boss who usually uses their leadership to be fair or to kind of care a little bit more about their coworkers or about their employees as well. As I'd mentioned, again, um, I revisited Heather Ariel. Um, she mentions that, again, um, the 10th house, and a lot of astrologers mention this, it's a very public house. You'd think that being a public house, it would rule publicity, but ironically, that's actually the ninth house that rules publicity, which is kind of interesting. Uh, ninth house being that of adventure, being that uh, kind of along the lines with the third house being that of kind of like the intellectualism, the phil- the philosophy, you know, the philosophical sort of house. That seems to rule publicity, whereas the tenth is just, you know, you're, it's just your very public house. It's just everything about you that is public um, or that becomes public. And she also mentions, of course, uh, the relationships with a father figure or parent of opposite gender. And again, how patriarchy upholds order amidst chaos. Others, astrologers mention, you know, 10th house is usually how successful you are. And I've also noticed, too, when it comes to transits, 
if ever you're wondering about your career choice and if you're in the right path, um, the planet that usually transits your 10th house is a big indicator of that. I know for these last three years, Uranus has been kind of precariously placed around my midheaven, which is usually the start of my 10th house. And so I know for, from my own personal experiences that usually Uranus represents, hey, why don't you re rethink about your career goals, rethink about your jobs or the jobs that you normally accept, and maybe try to break the mold and try to look for, for something different. Um, for something like may say, say maybe like Venus being outside your 10th house, usually that's a good like thumbs up. Uh, when it comes down to careers, like you're just, you're in the right place, you're in, you're in a good standing, right place, right time. The same would be true with Jupiter as well. Um, again, good place, good time, or Jupiter also can indicate that your, um, your current career might open up your horizons a lot more and open, you know, expand your horizons a lot more. So again, the, the planet that kind of moves around in that house can always indicate what exactly your feelings are and what's going on when it comes to your career as well, too, and whether or not you might need to make a career change. So now I know what you guys are thinking, as usual. It's like, well, this is all nice and well, Sandra, but what about, you know, like, this is all general astrology. What about sinistry astrology? And for that, I just have to say, I have to go back to the beginning question. So when usually we're out on a date, I feel like what the 10th house usually represents in synastry. So when we're out on a date and somebody asks, you know, have you been married? Do you have kids? And then furthermore, are you gainfully employed? This is where I feel like the 10th house can be a kind of the icebreaker because again, that are you gainfully employed can lead to further relationships, further dates along the line, or can shut down the relationship right then and there. And I kind of feel like that's pretty representative of the 10th house right there in a nutshell. Um, it's really, again, you know, not only are you gainfully employed, but what are you bringing to the table when it comes to the relationship? You know, what are you bringing to the table as in regards to money, as in regards to earning your keep? Um, also, your views on careers and relationships can also be a big indicator when it comes to relationships as well, too. Uh, if you have maybe a very lax viewpoint about careers and you're meeting somebody who has like, say a 10th house in like Virgo or, you know, like Virgo or Taurus where careers are actually seen very, to be very serious and not really a trivial matter that can add some conflict to the relationship. Unlike where if two signs are really compatible with each other in the 10th house and might be a bit different or might have a different dynamic uh, within the relationship as well. But I find, again, with that whole, are you employed and, you know, how you're making a living out in this world and how you propose to help um, the relationship along with your connections, with your 
your money, with your working relationships. Um, again, it's, I, I feel like that can be very important when it comes to relationships all the way around. It's seen as a big importance. With John Townley, he also echoes that of Rachel Stewart Haas in the regard that the 10th house is very much like the first house in the regard that it's a very highly public profile sort of a house. Uh, I had actually, when I first read this, I the first thing I could think of was kind of like with the first house, I wouldn't be surprised if power couples actually have a very strong 10th house backing and a lot of overlapping over each other's 10th houses, especially with just the, the high public profile when they're together. This is also a relationship. So kind of along the lines with, are you employed? I kind of feel like 10th house relationships are usually those that are also formed when two people either make a startup company together or they are able to date in the workplace without it leading to a breakup and without it growing weird. Um, these are the individuals who are able to successfully mix businesses with pleasure. And the only drawback is that, as John Townley mentions, when it comes to 10th house, when the door is left open, well, the door basically is left open when it comes to opportunities, but it can also stay open when you want it shut. So the biggest drawback is, you know, you're with your successful working relationship, as well as your loving relationship that kind of causes you to become not only too public profile, but also it's cause for pry, people to pry into your relationship and therefore making it very hard for intimacy to occur. So it's not surprising that John Townley's next point is this is actually a relationship that need, where both people need to be comfortable with not having much privacy because, again, um, that high public profile of a relationship makes it hard for intimacy. And I just think of power couples because a lot of power couples usually form they're usually two people who are part of the same industry. So, you know, when you think of power couples, especially famous power couples, it's usually two people who are like one person might be a model. Another person might be a really high profile exec. Both people might be high profile executives of a company. Um, I usually see this with actors a lot of the time where two actors are together. They're part of the same profession. And, um, you know, like I say, I usually see the 10th house, like this, the power couple in the regard that because their relationship is ruled by that profession, you know, that that's where this power couple is usually hounded by paparazzi or they're hounded by the press or, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of prying eyes and a lot of prying questions come up from the public when it comes to their, their relationship. I also look at the 10th house relationship, you know, for me personally, Stargazers, it would be kind of overwhelming, but um, I just remembered back in the day 
you know, my mom, when she had pneumonia back in 2010, had followed Lady Gaga. And I just remembered with Lady Gaga, like shortly after she made the fame monster, there was like a, I think a documentary of her where when the press was ready to kind of photograph her in her everyday life, there were times where she was always on, so to speak, as Lady Gaga. There, you know, in her early days, there weren't very many times where she was just, where Lady Gaga could just put away the facade of Lady Gaga and the character of Lady Gaga for a little while and let the musician kind of be herself, you know, kind of be a different, you know, like Lady Gaga in the public, you know, couldn't really be put away to make room for Lady Gaga, who's like the more private part of Lady Gaga, so to speak. And for that matter, um, I just, I think I just remembered seeing her. She was in a park wearing really outrageous sunglasses and just saying, it's like, look, you know, you just got to be, be prepared for the press. You know, the only way to avoid bad press is to always be on. And I just, I just remembered um, just thinking of Lady Gaga in this regard, because I always feel like that's kind of a 10th house relationship where it's that sort of relationship where you're always on. You never, ever get a break from your profession. Uh, your partner doesn't get a break from the profession that you guys are in or the business that you guys are in. You don't get a break from the public. And I'm sorry, stargazers. For me personally, that would just be very overwhelming because I personally crave my own personal life. I kind of like to be off every now and then and have the personal Sandra come out as opposed to having the public Sandra be on all the time. But I just felt like that Lady Gaga example was really very apropos to Sinistry, um, 10th House Sinistry as well. John Townley goes further to ask a couple of very um, poignant questions when it comes to the 10th House relationship. And I kind of feel like these are good questions to keep in mind if you either should be in a 10th house relationship or should be in a relationship that's quite similar. You know, it might not be ruled by the 10th house, but you might have some 10th house underpinnings. The first one is, are you makers? Are you the makers of reputation or does that come from your public? You know, are, are you making your own reputation as a couple or are you allowing the public to define you every single step of the way? If you're allowing the public to define you, John Townley actually does encourage you, you know, even though this is a high public profile relationship and a high public profile house, that you can step back and that you can step away from the public and as a couple redefine your relationship as to how it really stands and what it really means. In fact, he urges that if the public is ruling, challenge and try to see what other characteristics make your relationship and define that for yourselves. And again, I think in order to define that for yourselves, that really can help to strengthen the relationship and not make it as transparent as it can be or as it can kind of appear to be. 
again, too, with uh, the other keywords that um, John Townley had also mentioned, again, nothing to hide. Emotional opinions have strong impact with people. So the emotional opinions of the couple would have a strong impact with the public. Um, it's difficult to keep secrets. And there, again, there's a heavy amount of transparency. I think it's just that transparency that can kind of cause the issue with the 10th house relationship, because again, it's just, you can, uh, you can easily be swept away by the public that you just don't know where your relationship stands. So stargazers, I'm just going to go ahead and flip the script, so to speak, or kind of change tack a little bit. I decided that uh, for the sample chart, when it comes down to the 10th house, I decided to actually go for, you know, so I was kind of mulling between two power couples here. It was either Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. However, I just feel like with um, the 10th house associations, I felt like I covered most of their their transits and their planets and what was going on from the first house episode. So I actually decided to try another power couple same power couple that I tried last week with the Venus episode, and that is Victoria Beckham as well as David Beckham. Now, I do have to, before I get into their charts a little bit, I do have to correct one discrepancy from last week, where last week I mentioned that David Beckham had his sun and moon in Taurus. I have to correct that because that is not correct. Um, actually, his moon is in Aquarius. So his sun is in Taurus. His moon is in Aquarius. The same sort of moon placement as his wife, Victoria Beckham. So in a way, I kind of feel like that might be a sticking point in the relationship is emotionally, they really understand each other uh, with that moon in Aquarius. But again, just to clear that up. But uh, one thing that I noticed with Victoria Beckham and David Beckham was, um, so with Victoria Beckham, her Venus is conjunct Pluto on her midheaven. So when it comes to Victoria Beckham, I feel like that's really where a lot of great opportunities for success really came her way. So Venus conjunct Jupiter can either mean somebody who gives lots of love and gives lots of pleasure and really is very agreeable to people. And especially with Venus being in, you know, both of these plants being in um, Pisces, which is also, like I said, very big on compassion and caring and seeing bigger pictures. But I just feel like on the midheaven with Jupiter being that planet of luck um, there's just a lot of great abundant circumstances for Victoria Beckham to take advantage of when it comes to her success. You know, great, a lot of great opportunities that just seem to come her way. And Venus just kind of like shines on that Jupiterian luck and just kind of like brings it forth really, or just really just helps to bring it forth just that much more. I also just feel um, when it comes to success too with Victoria Beckham, she really has a more expansive approach to success. It's not really, it's not like Mars on the midheaven where it's very cutthroat and I need to have this, I need to have this position or I need to have this gig and I'll, you know, 
cut somebody's hand off if they ever dare get in the way. It's, you know, it's not as cutthroat as, like I said, with, as with Mars, it's very, um, so I said, just kind of really expansive. Uh, I think she had, you know, she kind of comes to each project very expansively and willing to take a lot of different direction when it comes to what she needs to do. I kind of feel like I saw that with the Spice Girls or when she was part of the Spice Girls as Posh Spice, you know, instead of having, you know, coming to the set with opinions as Scary Spice tended to have or Ginger Spice tended to have, you know, Ginger, I think Ginger and Scary usually had like a lot of opinions as to where the Spice Girls should go or what they should do or what sort of dance moves they should do when it comes to a particular song. I could kind of see where uh, Victoria Beckham as Posh Spice would kind of just go with the flow in a, a little bit more or would not really come to the set with her opinions and only her opinions. If she has opinions, she's willing to listen to art direction or she's willing to listen to her bandmates or she's willing to collaborate a little bit more. Um, instead of just, you know, my coming to the set with my way or the highway. And I would say that with future projects, it's the same, you know, it's not so much my way or the highway or, you know, let me get this gig or I'll cut somebody's hand off. It's more just, let me see what, you know, let me see what my, if my insights could mesh with some of the insights of who I'm working with. And let's see if we can make, you know, this project be as expansive and broad-minded as much as possible. So with Victoria Beckham's Venus conjunct Jupiter on her midheaven, you know, again, as I mentioned, there's lots of opportunities in her life. But she also has... um, Mercury in the 10th house. So um, there's a little bit, like, like a little bit of her 10th house is in Pisces and a little bit of her 10th house is within Aries. And there's Mercury in 10th house Aries. I mentioned lots of momentum with her career. I would say lots of verbal, like lots of ideas come to the fore when it comes to her work. And again, I could kind of see that with the Spice Girls as Posh Spice, you know, she would come in with a lot of ideas of what really could help the Spice Girls and what could help their performances. Unfortunately, um, she was met with a lot of, there, there'd be times where she would be met with a lot of resistance, especially with Scary and Ginger um, and their, their opinions and where they felt the Spice Girls needed to go. So with David Beckham, what was interesting is that, so when it comes down to Victoria Beckham's 10th house, like her midheaven and her whole 10th house, it actually overlaps David's 12th house. And what that means is that um, I what I noticed first and foremost was that Jupiter for him is in his 12th house. He actually has quite a few planets in his 12th house. The other two being his sun and Mercury. And as we explored in the um, the infidelity or the extramarital relationships episode, 
a lot of planets that happen to fall in the 12th house are just not really fully expressed. The individual can have um, an idea of the archetype inward, you know, that's expressed inwardly for them, but not really expressed very outwardly for them. In the case of where um, Victoria Beckham's 10th house overlaps, his Jupiter placement, where um, I feel like with David Beckham, where he doesn't really... When it comes down to expansiveness, I feel like he's expansive inwardly, but not really not knowing what that means outwardly. Also, you know, ability with luck or healing or anything that is um, kind of bigger than big, you know, kind of bigger than big. I also kind of find, um, you know, again, as we've mentioned with the Jupiter episode too, idealisms kind of come about with Jupiter. So I would see that there's like a lot of idealisms inside of David Beckham, but not really coming out into full force. And then, like I said, again, that expansiveness, very expansive inward, but not really expansive outward. I kind of feel that with um, uh, Victoria Beckham's Jupiter placement along with Venus especially being as outward as it is, I kind of feel like her sense of luck, her sense of expansiveness really kind of pulls that out of David Beckham to where that Jupiterian experience could really manifest itself a bit better. And particularly, um, she might encourage him more when it comes to gigs, you know, whereas he might be a little very expansive inwardly um, and kind of mulling over a particular gig and not really wanting to take a particular gig um, when it comes to soccer or any sort of athletic event. That's where I feel, that's where I feel Victoria Beckham would um, possibly encourage him. And especially also with 10th house Aries or 10th house um, Mercury, it, um, in Aries should kind of pull that out of him to where he would accept that career and kind of accept it in full really as well. But I also feel that double Jupiterian influence could really expand this couple's, uh, really their social influence big time to where it's very vast and very heavy, um, you know, just very vast and very heavy and where it, it does draw a lot of attention. What was also interesting in seeing David Beckham with his 10th house is that his moon in Aquarius is actually uh, within that 10th house. So what that could mean is that for me, whenever I see the moon, um, the moon, of course, is obviously your inward nature. So I usually see that uh, when it comes to careers, while it's true that his moon is within a very logically oriented and logically bent sign, being that of Aquarius, I could also see where David Beckham would be more inclined to kind of relying on intuition or inner feelings and inner emotions before taking on a gig or before taking on work. And sometimes I could see where that could be a problem where um, he might pass up an opportunity because it doesn't feel right. And um, that feeling could be misjudged 
a little bit um, or that feeling could be right, but by the same token, it could uh, limit his potential when it comes to his uh, particular, you know, um, career aspirations. I also just um, feel like, again, there's a lot of intuition at play when it comes to a lot of his uh, career ambitions as well. This also overlaps uh, Victoria Beckham's eighth and ninth houses, between her eighth and ninth houses. So um, with her moon also being in Aquarius as well, too. Now, what this could mean is that, um, again, as we'd mentioned with the eighth house, eighth house is usually transformation, sexual appeal, sexuality. So maybe really um, the two moon placements can really fuel a lot of the sexual connection, um, possibly a little bit of um, a possession, so to speak, but I think really more along the lines of sexual attraction, sexual connection. I feel with uh, Victoria Beckham's ninth house, um, with her moon, the eighth and ninth houses, um, I would have to say that the ninth house, you know, that ninth house side of her would probably help uh, David to become a little more adventurous and break out of the mold of just listening to his intuition when it comes to particular gigs and maybe, you know, encouraging him to break out of the mold a little bit and move forward. When it comes to some of those gigs, it's like, look, it might not feel right, but give it a chance anyway. And I feel with the eighth house, again, as we've mentioned with the eighth house, that kind of deals with um, sexuality, deals with um, obsessions sometimes. I kind of feel the transfer, transformative side of the eighth house would also come into play with, you know, just kind of do this gig anyway, David, you know, it's like, it might not feel right, but just kind of do it anyway and just see what comes of it and have that be a kind of a, a transformative effect for David Beckham as well. So overall, when it comes to the 10th houses with these two individuals, um, first off, I can see both, like I said, with the um, Jupiter connections, as well as the lunar connections, um, Again, that would heighten their appeal within the public sphere. Um, I would say that their emotional connection, their emotional closeness would really um, highlight a lot of public appeal and would really um, draw the, the public right to them. However, I could see, again, where that 10th house connection could also, again, interfere with their emotional connection or that that public appeal could interfere with their emotional connection as well. And again, that Jupiter, that double Jupiter connection um, really can highlight a lot of public appeal. Um, I do think that David Beckham and Victoria Beckham are definitely a power couple in that regard. However, I, I feel like they have a way to work with it to where it's not overruling the public doesn't overrule their relationship. I think they have um, a great emotional connection with the Aquarius moons to really not, or to really kind of take a look at their relationship to where they're 
they're really include they're really kind of including what makes the other person drawn or just what makes the two of them drawn to each other or why they're drawn to each other and why they, why they are in a relationship with each other. And I feel like that, um, that really plays a more important role than that of the public sphere and the power couple status. The same goes for the Jupiter position. I feel like that adds a lot of expansiveness to both persons to really look at the relationship more expansively and to make areas that might not work in a, in other relationships work. Um, like last week I'd mentioned the, the kind of the eccentricity of their, um, Venus placements and how they're kind of mismatched. But I kind of feel like there's the, both persons are very so open-minded that they can kind of make that, that transaction work to where it's not, a, you know, where the two Venus placements are not a disappointment, but they actually work very well for the relationship as well. All right. So down to the portion of this episode of what have we learned? I, I know that that was a lot of information when it came to the Beckham's charts, uh, definitely a 10th house couple. Um, you know, they both definitely have planets in the 10th house. They both overlap very big planets in the other person's house. And, um, like I said, definitely high status couple there. But when it comes to the 10th house and what we can learn, you know, one thing that stood out to me was if, if you are able to make a relationship work from, a career or, um, from a start, you know, like say you're starting up a company together, you fall in love and make the relationship work, or you fall in love on the job and you're able to make the relationship work. I feel that the relationship could be made richer if business could be separated from the personal life or the personal sphere of life is one thing that kind of stood out for me in the 10th house. Um, again, it kind of goes with the, the high profile part of the relationship. Sometimes the high profile is due to the fact that the relationship might also be all business. And that's what we usually see with power couples. That's also what we might see with a 10th house sort of relationship where it's all about business and it's all about making that business work. But I feel that like, again, um, if you can make the business work and you can make your relationship work with the business, I feel like you can also separate it too, to make your personal life thrive and work for you as well. I also feel that the other point that really stood out for me was again, what is the main drive for the transparency of the relationship or the high profile of the relationship? And I think it would be worth um, a 10th house couple's time to really question, you know, are you in the relationship for the high profile status of it all and how it draws a high profile status? Um, if so, is there insecurity that's, that's kind of driving it? And then I, I ask further, can you meet each other's needs just on your own? You know, can you meet each other's needs without the high public profile? And can you, um, can you kind of, as what John Townley mentions, can you separate a little bit to really um, highlight 
what else there is in the relationship, because I'm sure there's a lot more than just the career aspect of it and the, um, the business aspect of it as well. Well, stargazers, I really hope that, um, the ideas presented here were presented well. I really hope that this was another fun-filled, informative episode on the 10th house and 10th house relationships. Uh, above all, definitely feel free to check out my Patreon page. I believe it is patreon.com forward slash 7th house astrology. Um, definitely, if you would love to support this show, um, that would be very wonderful. Um, as I've said, if you do support the show, I will either give you a free synastry chart, uh, reading between you and your partner, or I can also give a free reading of your relationship potential from your, uh, birth chart. And that can, that can be determined. Um, but definitely um, become a Patreon member and to help to support the show. And like I said, you'll get those the, one of those one of the two of the free readings. I would just say um, definitely make sure that you have an astro profile um, up and running when it comes to your birth charts, both either your birth charts of your of both you and your spouse or just of yourself. And then of course email that to me so I can definitely check out the chart the charts there. But also stargazers, if you should have general questions or you should have some insights uh, for this podcast, you can also reach me at misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com or on my Instagram page at Sandra dot Misek. And again, that is M-I-S-E-K. Above all stargazers, don't be afraid to look up at the stars and um, just taking a look at the origins of astrology, but or, or just overall just taking a look at, up at the stars. Unfortunately, because as I've mentioned last week, I have actually just been through surgery and I've been recovering. I have not been out as often at night as I have wanted to be. One thing that I do know is that the moon is slowly waning down. Um, she was actually very full on the 16th. I actually did get to see that outside my window and it was glorious and gorgeous. Um, and I'm sure that just highlighted every star that's in the sky. But yeah, I know that she is slowly waning, but still, um, even though she's slowly waning, she still highlights a lot of stars and still highlights that night sky as well. But above all, I just don't be afraid to look up at the stars and above all, be well all the way around. I hope that everyone is well um, and, you know, still striving and thriving. If you're in a position like me where you're continuing to heal and grow stronger and better, or if you're in, um, if you're a position where you're well, that you continue to be well and continue to love and to thrive within your life. But above all, stargazers, between now and next week, be well. And until then, I will see you.